sign of weakness. Always go for the throw. Buy low, sell high. Fear, that's the other guy's problem. Biz Talk Radio is proud to bring you Investor's Edge with Gary Kulpom. Straight talk about you and your money. You can reach Gary now at 877-747-EDGE. That's 877-747-3343. Here is your host, Gary Kulpom. And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. I'm Adam Sarhan, in for Gary Kulpom, who's out today and also will be out tomorrow. Uh, today is Thursday, February 21st, 2019. We have a great show for you tonight. We want to thank you very much for being here. As you know, just a little quick uh, housekeeping, I'd like to start the show by letting you know, uh, if, you're not, if you don't get the show live in your city, uh, please visit GaryK.com. You can listen live or archive. All the shows are available on demand 24-7 on any uh, device. All you have to do is go to GaryK.com and then click on the radio tab or click on the latest show, and then you can stop the show, pause it, rewind it, and listen to it. You can stream it, or you can download it and listen to it offline at your convenience. So if you miss any part of the show, feel free to go to GaryK.com and, and listen again or uh, – you can download it and listen to it at your leisure at any of them. So uh, also the show is available Monday through Friday, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Also on GaryK.com, you can follow Gary by just pressing uh, – or on Twitter by just pressing the button. You can also subscribe and get Gary's morning notes sent directly to your inbox each and every day. You may email Gary, ask about his services, and as well as subscribe to the uh, Conviction Leaders newsletter, which he puts out, which is a fantastic read. On to the show. A few highlights for today. We're going to begin – with the market wrap, then we're going to talk about sectors. We had a lot of good feedback from yesterday's show and the day before, well, yesterday the day before, about just diving deep and talking about sectors and just taking some time and looking beneath the hood of each sector, if you will. On Tuesday, as a quick refresher, and again, if you miss any of the show on Tuesday or Wednesday, just go to Gary Kane, listen live or archive. But um, you can go back and re-listen. I spoke about the retail stocks. Walmart had reported earnings on Tuesday. The stock had gapped up. That had acted well. Yesterday was Wednesday. CVS was a down, uh, gap down on, on earnings was a big stock of the day, if you will, and spoke about pharmaceuticals. Uh, the pharmacy stock, excuse me, also spoke about healthcare, biotech, uh, spoke about the transports on Tuesday, and financials. So over the last few days, over the last two days, uh, we covered all those sectors, and we spoke about some stocks that are in some of these big popular ETFs. And then we broke down leading stocks in the group and lagging stocks in the group. This way, you have a good way of you know discerning for yourself what leadership looks like and what laggards or, or just weakness in the, in the individual sector looks like. Uh, then after that, we're gonna, so today we'll spend some more time talking about a few other sectors, and then we'll talk about some of the stocks that we're working that are now under pressure, and we'll give you just a, a recap of some strength and show you some of the screens that I use to help find leadership. Now, without I know that's a lot, so <laughs> without further ado, I'd like to jump right into it. It's time for the market wrap. Let's see what happened today on Wall Street. The major indices closed down. The Dow ended down 110 points, closed at 25,843, or was down about 0.4%, or sorry, close at 25,850 with the close um, right after 4 o'clock. So the numbers are still settling, so close down about 103 points. Uh, the S&P 500 closed down just under 10 points, finished at 27.74. The NASDAQ Composite closed down 29 points to 74.59. The small cap Russell 2000 closed down just over 8 points at 15.73. So it was a down day on Wall Street, not a, lot, not a big down day, but it was a down day nonetheless, which is perfectly normal and healthy. Considering the market has been up just about every single week in a row for the last seven or eight weeks, it's normal to see the market pause and pull back and digest the move. The uh, I'll go through the big headlines that came out today and let you know some of the things that concerned market participants. But I also want to mention before I jump into that, the VIX. So every day over the last few days, I've been talking about the VIX. And I noted that the VIX was down while the market was up over the last few days. Well, today, the VIX was up about 3%, closed at 14.42, up 40 cents. And remember, the VIX is a good fear gauge. When the VIX starts moving higher... That all things being equal, that tends to mean the market is moving lower. So the VIX is what they call a volatility index. But keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, it does a really good job of measuring downside volatility. It does not do a good job measuring upside volatility. And what I mean by that is days where the market's up, let's say the Dow's up 300 points or 400 points or even more, 
the VIX doesn't move in purport, you know, in a, in a proportion if the VIX that would be down 300. So if the Dow's down three or 400 points, you could see the VIX easily up three, four, five percent, if not more. When the Dow's up the same exact amount, you don't really see it move the exact same way. And sometimes it's flat, and sometimes it's just barely. It could be negative, even if the market's up and up big. So remember, with the VIX, it's a little bit with the misleading, you know, for a lot of people that don't understand exactly how it works. But it does a really good job of measuring downside volatility, not so much on the upside. Now, a few things as far as economic data points and things to keep in mind. Uh, let's talk about the stocks first. So Tesla was a big stock in the news today. The customers are describing concerns or problems with respect to returns and refunds. I think Consumer Reports came out and said it no longer recommends the Model 3, which was well, which is the cheapest available model that uh, the Tesla offers. And that was supposed to be the big game changer. It was supposed to be you know, a big way for Tesla to enter the mass market. But the... Uh, Really, the, the report of the concerns, it was more towards how reliable the brand is and the company is able to – if it's able to put out these the, the Model 3 and, and offer the same quality that it had, it had promised. In other words, is it reliable? I mean that's really what the, the concern comes down to. If you want to read the report, by all means, feel free. But uh, Consumer Reports came out. That, of course, was negative press for Tesla. Tesla was in the news most of the day. The stock ended down significantly today. It was down about uh, 11 points or about 4%. And 4% in one day is not a good move for a stock. It closed at 291.23. Still basing, if you step back and look at a longer-term chart. It's moving sideways for the last two and a half to three years. But the fact that it's it's under pressure and significantly under pressure tells you that it still has a lot of, of things to work out before. It can break out and go to the upside. Now it's a great car. A lot of great innovation. People say it's, it's ahead of its time. As far as I'm concerned, you know, I, I look at the, the what more than the why. Because for me, what is actually happening is how I can make money and how I lose money. So where I enter and the difference between where I enter and where I exit, right? So if you're long, you want the stock to go up. If you're short, you want the stock to go down. The why, there's a million whys. A stock goes up or down, but the what is what I focus on. And right now, the stock's just really doing much of nothing. It's basing, it's pausing, it's just moving sideways. It's, it's just choppy, very, very choppy action. There's no clean trend. It's not really easy to trade because the stock is so erratic. You have Elon Musk come out and tweet things and then get in trouble and then backpedal and then settle and then, you know, just go around and get a lot of attention. But after all is said and done over the last two and a half to three years here, the stock really hasn't gone anywhere. Great products. I'm a big fan of the car. I like the electric cars in general. You know, Jaguars got them, Mercedes and BMW. So I'm a big fan of the electric cars. There's just some more room to go. The infrastructure is not quite built yet. You know, it's very tough to take road trips. It's to charge it. You have to have the docking station and, you know, all that fun stuff. But it's definitely a, uh, it's a stock to watch, and clearly the innovation is there. Now they just need to deliver. A few other things we spoke about. Well, what, what else is in the news here? We can talk about that dominated the headlines today. So existing home sales had well fell today, and that's been another concern and leading indicator. So you had some economic data points that came out weaker than expected. You know, the market's a very straightforward mechanism, meaning you have an expectation of something that's going to happen, and when – the expectation misses. In other words, if it's an economic data point or if it's an earnings data point, investors really are concerned about what does that mean for the broader economy. Remember a few years ago, a few months ago, excuse me, and also a few years ago, we had this awkward situation. Well, let me talk about a few years ago first. A few years ago, we had this awkward situation back in Q1, Q2, and Q3, where whenever we had negative economic data, that was good for stocks because that meant the Fed would be, you know, more easy money would come from the Fed. Now, when you've got a situation where just a few months ago, people were talking about slowing growth and possibly a recession and the economy is going to slow down considerably, dot, 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 in the fourth quarter of 18. Now you're starting to see those negative economic data points. And up next, I'll talk about those a little bit more in depth. You also had durable goods come out and you had the Philly Fed uh, business index fall to negative territory. So a lot more economic data came out, which I'll talk about uh, a little bit later in the show. But for now, suffice it to say that you just had a few economic data points come out today which missed estimates and or were negative. And that, yeah, sure, the Fed could be easy money and that could extend it, take pressure off the Fed on raising. But also at the end of the day, you do want to see economic growth, right? You don't want to see this market propped up from easy money from the Fed. You do want to see healthy earnings growth like we saw uh, 
17, 18, the end of the earning recession, 16, and you want to see the economy really grow. I mean, it, it's good for everybody. Up next, we're going to go through a little bit more of those, that economic data that missed today. We'll talk about the sectors, leading stocks, and a whole lot more. This is the one and only Investor's Edge. It's time to switch on the integrator units and get the brain cells working. You're listening to... Hey, this promises to be fun. Investor's Edge. The last bastion of quality programming. With Gary Coldbaum. It doesn't get better than this. And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. I'm Adam Sarhan, and for Gary Kay. In case you're just joining us, we spent the first part of the show going over the major indices. It was a slightly down day on Wall Street today. Spoke about some of the uh, headlines that had hit the market today. Tesla came out to Consumer Reports and removed its rating, a recommendation for the Tesla Model 3 that hurt the stock, basically because the, com- the car of Model 3 is not as reliable as people expected. And, of course, you had another few headlines come out and say Tesla owners aren't happy with the return policy and refunds and things of that nature. You've also had a series of economic data points come out and miss expectations today, which also weighed on stocks. It's not the end of the world. It, you know, We have been primed for this. You know, It's been priced in. We have been expecting somewhat of weaker expectations or weaker economic data, but you now have a situation where it's starting to come, it's starting to happen, and that's where a lot of people are getting concerned. So durable goods came out today. They rose by 1.2%. Uh, that missed expectations. People were expecting a little bit higher reading. You had existing home sales come out today. Uh, let's see what else. That also that fell, but existing home sales fell. Let's see, the Philly Fed business index fell. The IS, the IHS market uh, manufacturing. PMI, which is the uh, Purchasing Manufacturers Index, fell to 53.7. It was a 17-month low. The leading indicators, the conference board leading indicators, fell for a second straight month in January, marking the index's first back-to-back uh, decline since early 2016. And then as far as other economic data points, oh, suffice to say that's, that's a good, good enough reading for now. But basically, the big headline here is that the market's looking for signs of strength, and instead we're, we're getting just blasé readings, if that's a good word to use, from the economy. And that does take pressure off the Fed to raise rates, no question. It does not put any pressure because when the economy is red hot, the Fed is almost forced to raise rates to just occur, you know, slow down that strong economy, slow down inflation. When you have a situation where the economy is soft, then you don't have any pressure, direct pressure at least on the Fed to go out there and take massive action, if you will, to, uh, to combat inflation. So they can do a little bit more easy money, and easy money is bullish for stocks. So a few other things. Let's see. Existing home sales came out at minus 1.2%. The forecast was 0.8%. Uh, that's a percent change, by the way. Existing home sales itself was 4.94 million. The forecast was 5 million. So it, I can go through it, but there's a few other data points. I don't want to get too much in the weeds. But just suffice to say that you had several economic data points come out today, and for the most part, it was a disappointing read on the economic front. Now, let's take a look here at individual sectors. So over the last few days, we spent, just to recap here, we spoke about retail we spoke about transports. We spoke about financials. We took a look. That was on Tuesday. On Wednesday, yesterday, we took a look at the pharm- well, the pharmacies, and then we spoke about healthcare. We spoke about biotechs. And also on Tuesday, we spoke about gold and silver and some of the commodity stocks. So let's recap. The market itself, before I go into individual sectors, has been up seven, eight weeks in a row. The important things, ladies and gentlemen, to keep in mind, I know this has been pixie dust. I know this has been very strong, a strong rally. I know that this has been just a virtual straight up since the December 24th low, but it's perfectly normal. And it's perfectly healthy to see the market pull back. And not just pull back, but pull back to digest the move. And if you step back and you look at the major indices, we've had a series of lower highs and somewhat lower lows form going back to the late, you know, the 2018 all-time high, which was August, September, and early October, depending on the index you want to look at. So now you're rallied right back into those highs that we had from back in the fourth quarter. And for, if you look at the S&P 500, you're right back into the highs that were hit in October, hit again in November, at 28, just above 2,800, and then hit again in, in early December. 
right around 2800 Today's high was 20, or this week's high, excuse me, was 2789. So you're about 11 or 12 points below that 2800 level. That's an important area to watch for the S&P 500 as far as you know, resistance is concerned. Why? Because you had several spikes up until the 2815, 2805, right around the 2800 level, ever since the big sell-off began back in October for the S&P. You know, you had it in the middle of October 2816, and then November 2815, and then again in December 2800 even. So for now, we're up seven, eight weeks in a row, more or less. It's a logical area to begin the pullback. If it doesn't pull back and keeps going up, great. That means the pixie dust, that easy money pixie dust is here to stay. But for all intents and purposes, it'd be perfect. this is a perfectly normal area for the market to just take a breather. It'd be welcomed and healthy. Because just like at night, we go to sleep at night, it's perfectly normal to see the market pause to digest the moves. We had a very strong rally from that late December 24th low. So it's normal to see that digestion happen. Uh, the NASDAQ composite has been a little bit weaker on a relative basis. It rallied right into its 200-day moving average, briefly broke above it. But is now pulling back on a weekly basis. Of course, things could change tomorrow. But right now, on a weekly basis, it opened higher for the week and is now lower right after encountering resistance right near the 200-day moving average. And again, the reason why we take the time to talk about it is because it's important to be aware of these levels. And the Dow on a relative basis is a little bit stronger. But again, it's coming into a little bit of resistance right around those highs from December and November. So it's also, by the way, forming another little lower high here, like the S&P and the NASDAQ. So keep that in mind as we, we put everything together, which take our time. Markets had a big move up over the last seven, eight weeks, and it'd be perfectly normal and healthy to see it pause to digest that move. And then the small cap Russell 2000, it rallied right into its 200-day. didn't actually break above the 200. Hit it almost to the penny and is now pulling back just a little bit. So it'd be perfectly normal and healthy to see a little retracement here as it pulls back to digest the move. Anyway, having said all that, that's the big picture. That's stepping back and where are we going? And we know three-fourths or three-quarters of the market uh, of, this, of the individual stocks follow the market on average. And right now we're in a situation where we're starting to see, I don't want to say fatigue in a negative way, but we're just seeing a little bit of a pause as the market waits for direction and the next bullish catalyst to come out. So uh, let's talk about staples. So the group I want to mention, well, actually, you know what, because we're running short here on time, let me do the staples in a few minutes here. But uh, up next, we'll do staples. But for, for now, I did mention gold stocks, the GDX uh, is gold miners, and SLV, silver. GLD, which is gold, and the GDXJ, which are the junior miners, are all pulling back after a very strong rally. Something to watch. You have a healthy pullback here that could be, you know, bode well for this group. This area has bottomed, interestingly enough, in September and October, just as the market topped out. And if you look at GLD or look at GDX or any one of these things, you can just see a bottom in fourth quarter and rally just as the market had topped up and started falling. And they continued to rally as the market rallied in December and January. So... We'll keep that in mind. Up next, we'll talk staples. We'll talk a whole lot of other sectors. I'm Adam Sarhan. This is the one and only Investor Day. You're listening to America is talking. Investor's Edge. you got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on its feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. With Gary Coltbaum. I'm highly recommended. You're going to feel better if you talk to him. And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. I'm Adam Sarhan. And for Gary Coltbaum. In case you're just joining us, we spent the first part of the show going over the major indices, spoke about some headlines for the day. On average, the economic data had missed expectations. That wasn't a good sign. The market's getting a little bit of fatigue in here. Nothing that says, hey, it's going to crash, but just a little bit of a pause. We did have a big week this week from central banks. We saw a lot of more easy money coming out of from the Fed minutes yesterday, Bank of Japan. On Monday, we had Bank of Canada come out with some statement of they're not sure if they're going to keep raising or, or not. And of course, um, just the overall tone has been easy money is here to stay from a lot of these central banks. And that's been a net positive for stocks. So we just finished speaking about gold and silver as an in, as an area to watch. Now you're a little bit of a pullback mode. You did have a good rally here over the last several months. I did note as I was going into the uh, – just a few minutes ago that gold and silver had bottomed 
as the market topped out in September and October. And you had a very nice rally for the last several months in gold and silver, even though the market pulled back hard. And then the market bottomed at the end of December and rallied hard in or put a near-term bottom and rallied hard in January and, and half the first half of February. But gold and silver continued to rally as well. So it wasn't like an inverse correlation where stocks would be up, gold down, or anything like that. They both rallied in tandem. It looks like a near-term, you know, some kind of a significant bottom is put in place in the metals, and they look like they want to move higher as long as they stay above the 50-day moving average. If they start breaking down, then obviously that would change the dynamic. But for now, they appear that they want to move higher. Gold specifically is outperforming or is acting stronger than silver. We'll see what happens. Again, it was very extended and simply pulling back at this point. Now, I do want to speak about a few other sectors uh, and talk about staples, ticker symbol XLP. This is some boring area of, of the market. I'm going to talk about this, and then I'll talk about the utilities very briefly. I mean boring. It's not sexy. It's not a high-demand area. You know, Utilities and staples are, are tend to be more defensive in nature, but that's a good thing to keep in mind because when you step back and put all of the pieces together, which I want to do for you this week and just go through a lot of these sectors as we have the time to do it, it just helps paint the picture for the overall market. You know, where are we? Where are we going? What's happening? All that fun stuff. So staples. XLP is the ETF that tracks the staples. It's one of the popular ones. We've got some holdings here. You're all familiar with these companies. You've got Procter & Gamble, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Walmart, uh, Costco, Philip Morris, Walgreens, Colgate, etc. So th those are the staples as far as just some people ask, what are the staples? I mean, those are the staples. Think of just consumer brands. Uh, the XLP is really middle of the range. Nothing really exciting. You had an all-time high hit in the XLP last year at 58.95, and right now you're at 54.69. So you're not too far off the all-time high. For XLP, a lot of the uh, the individual stocks in this group, surprisingly, are acting well, which, by the way, is normal for this t stage of the cycle. Remember, 10 years into this bull market, it's a, one of the longest economic expansions we've seen since the last recession. It's been a long time. So it, it's hard. You can't say this is early stage activity. So, you know, it's a maturing economic environment, and we know the next recession is, is in front of us. It's going to happen at some point in time. So at this stage of the cycle, you tend to see uh, utility, you tend to see these staples and or the boring, the more conservative, let's put it that way, it's probably a better connotation, the more conservative areas uh, show up and act well. So Pepsi, PEP is a symbol there. Stocks acting well. You had an all-time high hit last year at 122.51. Right now, you're at 116.10. So you're not far from the all-time high there. Stock's acting well. Nothing really concerning or, or bad to say about it. Coca-Cola, KO is a symbol there. Stock had hit a all-time high back, it was last year as well. The old high was back in, two, in 98, but it took that out. And last year's high was 50.84, and now you're at 45.88. Under a little bit of pressure, they gapped down a few days ago when they reported earnings. It was last Thursday, I believe it was. Big gap down the chart. little damage here, but it could recover. I mean, you're still... Not too far from an all-time high, but Pepsi on a relative basis is acting better. Then you've got uh, Procter & Gamble, ticker symbol PG. I believe it's a new all-time high. Yep, new all-time high there for PG. So take a look at Procter & Gamble when you have a chance, a one-year chart, and you can see what a very strong chart looks like. And again, more or less respects a 50-day moving average. Lower left of the upper right on a one-year daily chart. Just strong action. Again, it's Procter & Gamble, new all-time high. Walmart, ticker symbol WMT. We spoke about this on Tuesday when they reported numbers. It had gapped up. It fell yesterday, filled that gap a little bit, and now it was down a little bit today. Stock, all-time high there. It was last year at 109 at 98, and right now you're at 99.38. So you're not that far from an all-time high there as well. A few other ones I want to cover. Costco, C-O-S-T. We all know the warehousing giant. That stock hit an all-time high last year of 245.16, and right now you're at 215.23. Stock is in a little bit of a downtrend since last September. You have a series of lower highs and lower lows. You did rally hard off that December low right into the 200-day, and now it's pulling back just a little bit. But you've got a nice little downward trend line here that's forming over the last few months. And if it breaks out above the recent highs here, I'd say 220-ish, then it would probably go back to the mid-230s and then see if it can hit a new all-time high above uh, last year's high of 248 – oh, sorry, 245.16. That's Costco. A few other ones. Philip Morris, we're all familiar with that company. Ticker symbol is PM. Uh, that stock could split off, and I'll 
Altria, you had that's also by the way in the XLP group ticker symbol there is MO, but PM hit an all-time high of 123.55 and now you're at 85.60. Under pressure, not a good-looking stock. It's trying the bottom, had a you know V-shaped type rally here over the last few weeks, but take a look at PEP, which is Pepsi, take a look at Procter and Gamble PG, and then take a look at PM. When you have a chance, and you can see for yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, what strength looks like in a group and what weakness looks like in a group. So Philip Moore is definitely under pressure here. We can look at MO, which is Altria Group, same thing, under pressure, not a strong stock. And then Colgate was the last one that I wanted to mention. Uh, we spoke about Walgreens yesterday. Colgate, ticker symbol CL, toothpaste company. Uh, let's see here, all-time high, I believe was hit, 77.26. Yeah, last year was 77.91. Right now you're at 66.70. So downtrend, I would say this middle of the range. Not very strong, you know, not very weak, but just right in the middle of the uh, of the range. So as you take the time to study the sectors, it's always important to look for leadership within the sector. Why? Because that separates strength from leaders, uh, from weakness, excuse me. When the market moves higher, all things being equal, you want to own leading stocks. Leading stocks are the ones that go up and go up the most. Uh, net, let's talk about utilities. Ticker symbol XLU. We can briefly touch on this because there's not too much to do there. But interestingly enough, utilities, almost an all-time high. Last year's high was 57.18. The year before was 57.23. Now you're at 56.70. So you're almost within spitting distance of all-time highs. And that's utilities. And they pay dividends. And you've got a rising rate environment. So again, it's indicative of where we are in the cycle. Right? And that's why I'm spending time talking about these staples and the utilities. I'm just looking for leadership. Those of you who know me, know me. I love leadership. I love leading stocks. That's what I focus on the most because I filter out the noise. Now, let's talk about some of these stocks in the group. Ticker, net, next era, energy, NEE is a symbol. We'll go through these a little bit faster. I believe that's a new all-time high. Yes, it is for NEE. Take a look at, ladies and gentlemen, strong, strong action. Leading stock in a leading group. Next one, ticker symbols DUK, Duke Energy. Strong action, leading stock, leading group. All-time high there. Yep, last year was 91.35. The year before, 2017 was the all-time high of 91.80. And right now you're at 89.59. Acting very well. You're above the 50 within a few percentage points of all-time highs. So let's just put everything together because it's just important to step back. You've got utilities leading. You've got staples leading. And under the surface, you've got strength. It's no surprise. Utilities are all-time highs. And here are a few utility stocks, all-time highs. Staples, very close to all-time highs. And I showed you leadership there. And again, if you missed any part of the show, you can go to GaryK.com and pause it, rewind it. It's available 24-7 on demand at your leisure. So as you step back and as you look at the market, we've had a big move up. It's pausing a little bit. It'd be nice to see a pullback, a nice shallow pullback. Anyway, up next, I'll do some more sectors, individual stocks, and I'll show you some of the screeners that I use to uh, help find leadership. This is the one and only Investor's Edge. You are listening to... What are you waiting for? One, two, ready, go. Investor's Edge with Gary And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. I'm Adam Sarhan, in for Gary Kolbaum, who's out today. Uh, just as a quick recap of the show, we spent the first part of the show going over the major indices, spoke about some of the news of the day. Tesla was down on the consumer report after they pulled their recommendation for the Model 3, basically due to being, not being reliable. Uh, economic data came out today, several economic data points, mostly missed expectations, and that was a little bit of a concern. The market, ladies and gentlemen, had a very strong rally over the last seven, eight weeks, rallied hard without virtually pulling back at all. It's perfectly normal and healthy to see the market pull back. And that's what we're seeing possibly the beginning of now. I welcome a pullback, frankly. A nice shallow pullback to digest the move would be a very, very good sign. Now, 
I also spent some time going through sectors for you. You know, over the last several days, I recommend going back if you haven't listened, or if you missed the show, any part of yesterday's show or the day before, is go back and listen. Take a look at some of these sectors. We broke them down for you. Today we spoke about the staples, XLP. We spoke about utilities. Why? Somewhat conservative and/or boring areas of the market, but leadership, 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 leadership. Now people ask me all the time, Adam, how do you define leading stocks? Is it strong fundamentals? Is it strong technicals? Is it strong this? Is it strong that? Good management. What? The, how do you define it? The way that I personally define it is percent change. I rank all the stocks. I look at leadership. I look at stocks that are trading near highs, not at new highs. I mean, those are obviously leading stocks, but I'm not going to buy stocks at all-time highs that are just went straight up. People say, buy the dip, buy the dip. I always say, no, you want to buy the bounce after the dip. So I always look for leadership, look for stocks and trading at new highs, near new highs, pulling back a little bit, and then that's the dip, and then they're bouncing. Once I start bouncing, that's when I'm interested. So I really filter out all the noise, just like in any sports, you follow, pick any team. We just had the Super Bowl a few weeks ago, whatever the case is, right? Every single sport in the world, you rank the teams, and you have a number one slot, you have a number two slot, so on and so forth. I do the same thing with stocks. I always want to see where the strongest percent changes are. You know, where's leadership? Just on a year-to-date percent change. That's one way to do it. And then, of course, looking at leadership on a 52-week high, all-time high, et cetera, et cetera. So some of the tools that I use, I make available. I just recently, for those of you that are familiar, I acquired chartyourtrade.com. That's chart, C-H-A-R-T, your, Y-O-U-R, trade.com. So it's all one word, chartyourtrade.com. You can join, become a member. If you have interest, you get access to a lot of the tools that I use personally and, and the, some of my reports and things of that nature. But for the uh, screens, the members of Chart Your Trade, I just recently finished putting up a screen with TradingView where we have a robust screener. You can use it, and it, you can sort it based on performance, valuation, dividends, margins, income statement, balance sheet, oscillators, trend-following indicators, all that. Now, if you don't want to – and then, by the way, filters. You've got hundreds and hundreds of filters, fundamental filters, technical filters. You can look at EPS. You can look at uh, moving averages. You've got more – Filters I possibly can spend time on the show talking about. EBITDA, EPS diluted, div, I mean, it goes on and on. Now, all available for you to use at your leisure, by the way. You just log into chartyourtrade.com and become a member. You can um, even try it. There's a free trial there. But I took it a step further to show the screener and broke it down for several screens. The first screen I look for is leading stocks hitting all-time highs. This way, you can step back and see stocks that are all-time highs. Then the second screener that I have available is leading stocks hitting new 52-week highs. Why? Because it's good to see what stocks over the last 12 months, what's leading, what's hitting new highs. Then I look for stocks that are above their 50-day moving average. Why? Because all things being equal, you're able to see stocks that are above the 50 and that are near new highs. That's a good sign of leadership. And by the way, there's lots of columns here. You can click on any one of these columns and sort it at your leisure. The fourth screen that I have is leading stocks that are under the 50-day. Sometimes people want to see stocks that are just trading just below the 50 and about to break above it. That's a good way to find stocks they're setting up. And then, of course, I've got the bargain stocks. So Warren Buffett, for those of you that, are, that like Buffett's style of trading, you know, buying undervalued stocks or cheap stocks, He's not a technician. He doesn't care about the charts. or the, Publicly, he doesn't care about the charts. Let's put it that way. He's looking for companies that he can invest in, not so much stocks he can trade or stocks he can buy. He just wants to invest in companies and do it for the long term. So he's looking for value. And how do you find undervalued stocks? So that was one of the questions that had just really racked up my brain for a long time. But one of the things is I've, I'm able to look at now, I've got a few criteria that I use, is the exact opposite of leadership. Actually, I even have a website called CheapBargainStocks.com. You can take a free trial to that one as well. And every week I put out a list of just undervalued stocks. So the other scan here that I have is looking for a bargain as a title of it. Part one would be stocks that are hitting all-time lows. And then, of course, 52-week lows, very similar. Oversold stocks based on technical indicators. And then the third one would be based on P.E. ratios, not just basically the price-to-earnings ratio. You can click on the uh, actual P.E. column, and then it'll sort it based on you know from lowest to highest. And that gives you just a good view of 
where value is. And of course, you can search based on EPS and all that other fun stuff as well. So those are technical the tools, the, sc- the scanners that I use that are all available to anybody that wants to join chartyourtrade.com and use the scanners there as well. And of course, you get some access to the research and some other tools as well. But stepping back, you can run these screens with any tool that you want, anywhere. Just find it. They have stock screeners that are available for free all over, and you can just run those criteria. Because people ask me, how do you find leadership? How do you find bargains? Dot, dot, dot. So that's some of the stuff that I use. Anyway, wrapping it up, putting it all together. I'll be back again tomorrow to host the show. Market is pausing right now. Let's see what happens tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday, the last day of the week, which will be the end for the weekly bar. That obviously is important on a weekly basis. But for now, stepping back, a little down day today on Wall Street, not the end of the world. And we'll see what happens tomorrow. I want to thank you very much for being here. Good night, all. This clean edit of Investor's Edge created by Stu Lander. Follow me at twitter.com slash S-T-O-O-L-A-N-D-E-R.